Hello there and welcome to the Get French Football News Preview Show. I'm Nathan Staples and joining me this evening are Adam White and Samuel Rook. So close and yet so far. Marseille's Europa League journey has ended quite literally in tears. But can they recover from the Europa League defeat or are they down for the count? A look at tonight's game and the final league and weekend after the latest headlines. Marseille crashed in the final of the Europa League tonight after a 3-0 defeat to Atletico Madrid at the Parc OL. Leon fan Antoine Griezmann grabbed a double before Gabi's late goal sealed victory for the Spaniards, their third title in this competition. In off-the-pitch news, Mets have confirmed that manager Frederick Ants will be leaving the club in the summer. The 51-year-old had requested to go and his assistant, Arnaud Cormier, will be following suit. Elsewhere, Paris Saint-Germain have raised 1.6 million euros for charity at their foundation gala last night. Kylian Mbappe bought a King Kong-style statue for 550,000 euros, battling with Neymar for that particular item, while the Brazilian also put up his recently won UNFP Ligue 1 Player of the Year trophy in the auction. And that's all for your news. But do remember to get all your latest in the world of French football. Head on over to our website at www.getfootballnewsfrance.com and follow us on Twitter at GFFN. We start, obviously, this evening nowhere else but the game that we witnessed just finished about about 40 minutes ago now. And unfortunately for Ligue 1 fans, it won't be an extra space in the Champions League next season and it won't be a trophy for Marseille. They failed to win. They obviously went down 3-0 defeat, but they started the game relatively well, Adam. They went out of the blocks. They, they really gave it a good go to start off with. But as soon as they made that one mistake and the, the several mistakes they made tonight really were effectively punished by a lethal Atletico Madrid side. They were. They were indeed. And and I think very rarely does a game go exactly to script, but it felt like tonight that what everybody thought might happen did happen and happened with sort of alarming sort of assurity. It was it was it sort of played out exactly as perhaps Marseille fans feared in that Atletico were obviously a superior force and the type of team that Marseille wouldn't have wanted to play in this sort of game, the type of team that were capable, very capable and very experienced in suffocating them, uh, nullifying the, the players that could hurt them and genuinely sort of sucking all kind of life and um, exuberance out of Marseille's play. And after that Germain miss in what, the first five minutes, I think, it just felt like, although Marseille started very well, that was kind of their chance. And it was unlikely that despite they were playing well, I thought Campos was pretty good in the first half, um, they weren't necessarily going to get another one. But there was also, there was also the, the prospect that the game played out perhaps in, a, an, a, a, that it, in, in the way that Marseille stayed in the game and they didn't concede, they didn't make any mistakes. And we get to sort of the last 20 minutes and it's still 0-0 and then it's anyone's. But I think... Garcia's decision-making, perhaps, although it's very much speaking in hindsight, perhaps came back to haunt him a little bit here with Luis Gustavo starting at centre-back. Although he's been extremely good there in certain situations, he's also looked a little bit shaky and a little bit like he can get at him, perhaps especially in the second leg against Leipzig. And with Rolando returning from injury, they said at the press conference yesterday he was fit. Um, I think you play Gustavo in midfield and you play Rolando at centre-back. 
uh, given that Rolando is fit again, because, you know, Gustavo is only really forcing centre-back centre back role, having not really played there at all until April, with, you know, certain injuries to Rolando and then Kamara. And it really felt like that this was one game too far for that setup. And that pass that Mondonda played to, to Zambo and Guisa, you know, Zambo clearly wants the ball, you know, Mondonda's fired it at him, but the, the control is horrendous. It's almost like he's sort of tried to play it first time and completely miskicked it. And I'm not sure that in that position, in that type of situation with Gustavo at, at defensive midfield, that happened because he's so experienced, so assured that, you know, it, it made sense for, for him to stop back in the field. Rolando is not going to be done by pace from Griezmann or, 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 or Costa necessarily. And that kind of made sense. But I think that was a little bit of a mistake this evening. But I must say, I don't think they would have expected to get to the final um, given that when they got out of the group, perhaps you would have hoped, but this is still a little bit of a victory for them and Ligan because um, Ligan will get three teams in the group stages because France, because Spain already have the already the, 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 the most they can possibly have. And because Atletico have already qualified for the Champions League via the league, the third place in Ligan on Sunday will now go straight into the group stages of the Champions League. So there's a little bit of victory for them and, and for France and Marseille can still take that third place. So there's, there are minimal, very minimal silver linings. One thing, one final point, I thought Florian Tuban was absolutely anonymous. And for another big game, another opportunity to show what a good player he is and how fantastic he's been, he completely missed it. And and it was it was a real shame to see him. Comp- I don't even remember him touching the ball, to be honest. Um, so that that was my overriding memory, but Marseille have done well to get this far, and that that shouldn't be forgotten. Yeah, absolutely. I think we mentioned on uh, on Monday's show how important it would be for Tovan to show himself in this big game and really take it by the scruff of the neck. And it was only really amplified when Dimitri Payet went went off with that injury. You felt like this was his chance. This was possibly his opportunity to show the world that he has come on with those twenty six goals in all competitions and seventeen assists. It's not all against the likes of, of Trois and Metz. It's, it can be against the big teams, but he failed to do that. But also the, the, the kind of person who might have shrunk in this one, Sam, a little bit at least, is is Rudy Garcia. Um, obviously, Sam briefly touched on the, the the decision to play Luis Gustavo in midfield. Well, uh, sorry, in, not in midfield, in defence, with uh, with Rolando still fit and starting on the bench, but also the decision with Kostas Mitroglou, while maybe a closer fitness test, that he only came on the last couple of moments, but he certainly made a difference with, with Germain obviously missing that big opportunity in the first five minutes and also really struggling to hold up play at all. Uh, and especially in the second half, it was just consistently um, in the Atletico's hands. Do you feel like those decisions, while they would have been a risk to play players that, you know, are coming back from from fitness issues that would have been worth it because at these kind of moments you're fighting for silverware and these are the ones where you will be judged on. Well, I mean, this is the this is the point, isn't it? Like, you you really can't sit back and wait until the game's gone to then take a risk because it's gone. Um, I think we remember the Champions League final a few years ago. Atletico Madrid picked Costa, who was not fit. They tried. He was injured. He went off, and they lost. But, I mean, they tried. That's what you have to do. You have to take these risks in a final because what are you holding him back for? It just doesn't make any sense. And, and even if you don't start him, you have to see the way that first half was unfolding, the way Atletico was just being strangled, the way they were being forced into, into non-dangerous areas whenever they did produce some sort of an attack. It was clear that a player like Matroglu would have been really effective. You don't even have to take Germain off necessarily. You can change shape. You can do something a little bit different. I mean, you could have taken Tovan off because it would have made absolutely no difference. Um, then you would have got something out, something to sort of build on in the attacks. Mitroglou showed as soon as he came on. I mean, he had that header that could so easily have been a goal 
but <clears throat> he was clearly making much more of an impact on the game and on the defense than, than Germain had been able to do. It, it would have been clear from anyone that's watched Germain play for Marseille and for Monaco in the past that this this was not the game for him to, to play up front by himself. It just it was an odd decision, and, and I understand that presumably Mitroglou just wasn't fit, and that's why he did it. But when you see the first half getting away from them in the way that it was, you have to pull the trigger to make the decision, because if you're going to make the decision later in the game like they did, what are you waiting for? Yeah, because like, the, the point that they brought him on, the game was pretty much lost, really. I know the, the Gabby's goal sort of extenuated on it, but at the same time, um, other than you'd maybe argue Germain's chance, that in fact, obviously that was sky high and wide. Jan Oblak didn't really have to do too much, but they are a, a terrific team. And I, I think you, you made an excellent point, Sam, about um, Gustavo. I, I think that's the biggest loss today because not only was it the first goal that was the issue with obviously canning in offer, canning in offer Anguisa, but the second goal is also him being slightly too far forward, um, playing next to someone like Sanson, who will be more box to box as well. Both of them were sort of caught out and they, exploited the space in between them with the likes of Griezmann who does like to drop in that hole that he's their danger man really and that they should have noted that a lot earlier and then he obviously made that excellent darting run across the fullback which is almost impossible to stop and and a lovely little finish it it, it really wasn't the, the right kind of game plan to try and do something like that and and it it's it cost them in the end and the, then it starts to lend to to other things and also the, an interesting one what I thought as well um, Adam is obviously the injury to Dimitri Payet had to change things. They were already 1-0 down at that point, but they had to adjust things around that. It seemed like to start off with, they wanted to. They obviously brought on Maxime Lopez, but they, they sort of played him centrally and then they decided to play him wide. They brought in G on to try and sort of adjust it a little bit more. It was sort of a strange decision, but um, at the same time, I want to focus on um, someone who did perform relatively well tonight as well, and, and that's Lucas Campos. Um, he was probably one of the only ones that can really hold it, his head high, maybe Bunasar as well on the, on the, on the right-back role. But out of anyone on that Marseille shirt, he was the one that was giving them some kind of driving force and giving uh, poor Simi Vissalko uh, flashbacks to the semi-final, I think, and worried he might even get sent off. <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I really was impressed with Campos. And I think he deserves credit for the season he's had, given his career today. You know, he's 23, he's still a very young player. Uh, he was very good at Monaco and and uh, in spells and obviously has been a bit sort of nomadic since, you know, didn't really do it in Italy last season. But Garcia's kept hold of him this year and he's really proven an extremely useful player and has made that that sort of wide left position, assuming Pires not playing on the wide left, you know, he played at that position his own. And tonight, again, he showed what a good, skillful, you know, sort of forceful kind of player he is. And He's very physical and he's, he's capable of scoring some fantastic goals. He's been really crucial in this run to the Europa League final. Away in some of the, the to Bilbao and, and Braga, he was he was particularly good. And I, I really think that although Pyatt's been very good in this run, Tuvan's had his games as well. He's played well, as has has, has Mitrogo and Germain. But I really think Ocampos deserves a lot of credit for helping Marseille to get to get this far. And um, he, was, he was easily the best player tonight. And I absolutely agree with the fact that he... Saw and perhaps Payet before he went off after half an hour, after half, half an hour, are the only ones that can really say they put in a, a in a in a strong performance. Uh, in terms of Payet, I, I can't help but feel sorry for him. It really feels like, you know, he sees Marseille as his club. He said when he came back from West Ham, he was coming home, and to get to a Europa League final unexpectedly, perhaps given the stage where they are in the project, and to be injured at the weekend. And they said he was fit in the press conference. They insisted he was. It was just a precaution that they left him out at the weekend. But to see him go off having 
you know, in tears, having started the game pretty well. He set up the Germain chance earlier, early on. To see him go off was really, you know, heartbreaking. So, um, fair play to Ekan Bosser for really putting in a good performance individually, and, and fair play to Payet for for having, you know, for, for really developing in the last. Or really, not developing because obviously he's thirty one, but pushing on in the last two months and and helping Marseille to the final. They, they, both those players, I've, I genuinely feel sorry for. Yeah, the, the, at the same time, the, the, Dimitri Payet was good for that for half an hour, but he did touch the trophy when they were walking out. And that is always the kiss of death in any cup final, especially a European one. Do not touch that trophy. I'd have my hand, my players' hands tied behind their back. I'm too suspicious about that kind of thing. Do not touch that trophy as you're walking out. But they did play, honestly, a terrific side. I, I really love Atletico Madrid. I know a lot of people probably don't really enjoy watching their football, but they're, they're a boa constrictor, aren't they? they? They strike exactly when they need to and they just completely constrict the team and strangle them and, and Marseille were good for that 20 minutes but as soon as Atletico went in front that game was over and that's how good this Atletico Madrid side is and that's such a difficult thing to do in the modern game and there was a superb stat after uh, I saw on Twitter as well from Squawk Football that in the 377 games that Diego Simeone's side have played they've had 200 clean sheets which is absolutely incredible stuff and, and rightfully so they have earned uh, a Europa league crown that they thoroughly deserve and i'm sure uh, antoine griezmann will be parting with his uh, with his parents and his friends tonight in his uh, in well, close to his hometown at least in uh, in leon but um very quickly really on this one sam because we are going to go into sort of the final league and weekend and obviously marseille will be involved because they do need probably a victory at minimum um, a draw is not going to be enough because of goal difference but um it should leak into their next game. They obviously finished the season against Amiens, who obviously safe, but I've had a, a really good season and of course a number of teams problems this season, even though it obviously still is at the, at the velodrome. Um, could this have a knock-on effect, the, the, the hangover really that we sometimes we see from something like a European final with players like, but it looks like Pai will clearly miss that game because they'll want to try and get him fit for the World Cup. The, there's still the question marks of whether whether um, Mitroglou's fit enough to start or anything like that. Could there be a little bit of a hangover here and then a double whammy of not only missing out on the Europa League crown, but missing out on Champions League football now as well? You'd really hope not. I mean, it would be a real shame for, if Marseille were to to go out without giving the best of themselves in both the final and the final day of, of the league on season because they've been one of the best sides, one of the most attractive sides, one of the most consistent sides in Liga, and they deserve to at least give themselves a chance on the final day. I, I hope they can go out and, and give a good performance, win and put pressure on the two teams ahead of them. Um, but you do have to fear that it's not a long time. It's only a couple of days. The, their rival teams obviously have had a full week off. Um, the emotional toll of losing a final and of, of being almost embarrassed, the extent to which they were outplayed, that's that's going to be significant. Um, whether Garcia can sort of use that to to fire up his team, and, and he's shown that he is a really good manager of this this squad, this group. Um, he's really good at getting them to to recover from big defeats. I mean, earlier in the season when they were thrashed by Monaco, I mean that could have been the end for a lesser manager, but he managed to turn it around and, and make them a competitor for a Champions League place. And hopefully, he'll be able to do the same in the next few days. Get this squad, lick their wounds, get the players fit that he can and and go out and get a win on the final day because it would be a shame if, if they can't at least do that. Yeah, and it's going to be a tough one because we'll sort of dip straight into our final league and weekend preview and we'll, we'll start with that Marseille-Amiens game and we've, we've talked plenty about Marseille and the troubles they may have, but 
I think we really need to highlight I mean, I wanted to do a piece on them a few weeks ago, but we ran out of time on on a Monday show. But uh, Adam, they've had a terrific season, and it's highlighted by the end of the season, really, since February. So week 26, they've gone 11 games. They've only lost two games in that run against Wren and Leon. They've won five of those games. They've drawn the rest of them, but those include draws at Monaco and against Paris Saint-Germain. It's been a tremendous end of the season. No one thought that they would be anywhere near where they are. Instead, they're safe, comfortably safe. They might even finish as high as 11th, which is absolutely insanity. The fact that Christophe Pellissier didn't quite win our award, he won my uh, sort of voluntary award, and I think Rudy Garcia would probably happily share it with him, but they've been tremendous. They've done great business. They've worked out a way of playing that's both practical and entertaining because they've they've kept one of the they're the third best defense in Liga but they're not by any means a, def- a completely defensive shutout side they've still scored plenty of goals as well um it's a tremendous compliment to Pellissier and this team that they've done so so well this season yeah it really is I, I think that it's, it's one of the most underrated managerial achievements of, of recent times given that they've got the smallest budget in the league they're a national side two years ago and they only really sneaked promotion from Nacional that season as well going into sort of April they were sort of fifth and and it was very close at the top but they 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 got successive promotions and you look down their team and and as you mentioned on Monday's pod I think perhaps even last week that that a number of their players were with them during that Nacional run and you know the goalkeeper Regis Goodler has been absolutely fantastic this season obviously as you mentioned part of the third best defense in the league Prince Guano came in from um, Vittorio Guimaraes over the over the summer wasn't sort of their third choice centre-back, wasn't expected to do much. And he's now captain and arguably their best player. He's been absolutely brilliant in the last, especially since Christmas, he's been really, really good. Um, Khaled Adenon was there as well. Dubassi, uh, full-back, often plays centre-back. He, he's been very good, was there with them in, in National. And, and Thomas Moncondoui, and you, they've, they've sort of started with that base, that spine. That, that got them promoted two successive years and built on it. And you look at Bagani Zungu, who's come in, South African um, player, still only 25, really, really good partner to Moncondoui in midfield, very mobile, very physical. Um, they, they both they form a fantastic partnership. And you look at the attack and you look at Gael Kakuta, you know, sort of exiled in China, playing for Head by China Fortune, um, has a bit of a nomadic career, was very good for a sort of half a season in Spain with Deportivo and Sevilla, but never really hit the ground running there. And, and, has come to, back to France for the, for the first time in for a long time since he was very young and has been been absolutely fantastic for them. And, and Policia deserves a lot of credit not only for, for getting the best out of his team, but for getting the best out of Kakuta. He's obviously been a very talented player over the course of his career, but not necessarily hit the heights that was expected of him. And I think that perhaps the underrated story of this of this team is, is Musa Kanate. We, we talked a lot about their defence and, and it is fantastic. They're so well organised and they're so aggressive, so physical and so stoic in their defensive work. But I, I think Musa Kanata coming in from Sion was 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 very highly thought of. I remember seeing him play at the Olympics for Senegal against Great Britain in, in that tournament and looked really good then and had a fantastic season for Sion. Didn't get his move away perhaps now two years ago uh, and sold a little bit for a year in Switzerland. So yeah, Amion took a bit of a gamble by signing him, but he's been absolutely fantastic. Led the line really well. 12 goals for a team that's been promoted in a league where it's very difficult to score goals, a brace against PSG a couple of weeks ago to get that two-all draw, and has led the line fantastically. And I think he, although he's had a few disciplinary issues and he's been a little bit patchy with his goals, he sort of scores in fits and starts, 
you know, to get 12 goals and to lead the line so well, he, he, he's sort of crucial to the, to, to the way you, you spoke about their, their team in that they're, you know, by no means are Michel de Sicari and Nantes or Montpellier in defending all the time. They're, they're very, very good in defence, but they're, they're expansive when they want to be as well. So I think huge credit to Policier, brilliant defence. And I think maybe, you know, players like Kanate, Zungu will be looked at by top half league sides and they'd be, you know, pretty strong additions to those squads. And hopefully they can do the same again, recruit really well next summer and they'll become a, a regular league fixture because they're an interesting side and, you know, the players and their managers have a lot of credit for the type of football that they've played this season. Yeah, absolutely. And they, they, were, they were clever little risk, minor risk, at least buys of players like Kanatia and uh, and Kakuta and the, judging them correctly with the budget that they have and bits like that was absolutely tremendous. And the fact that they have relied on so many players that have got so far from the National and, 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 and players that have ever just had moments in seasons as well. I'm thinking Gak Payman, Mendoza, Manzala are all, all in the forward areas contributing when they've been able to at least. It's been a terrific season for them and it'll be interesting to see how they can try and build on that next season. It's going to be another really, really tough ask to really with their budget and the, and the size of teams that are, are, are coming back through with Rance obviously having a, a little, well, having league experience only two years prior and, and um, depending on obviously who ends up winning the relegation playoff although there was part of it last week that we're, we'll talk about maybe a, a, well I might briefly touch upon before we leave at least but they, they've had a tremendous season in credit to them but let's get some predictions Sam what do you think the score in uh, Marseille Amiens will be? Uh, I'd like Marseille to win it um, as I mentioned but I do think this is going to end up a score draw something like 2-2 Adam? Interesting. I, I think it's going to be close, like Sam, but I think Marseille is still sneaky at home, final day, 3-2. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with 3-1 Marseille. I think they do rebound back, but I'm going to put up a, a nice good fight, and there's no shame in that. They've had an incredible season, well played to them. Um, on to the other team that they can catch, at least, the easiest, at least, and that's uh, Leon, who have to play at Nice, and that's a really competitive game for both, because Sam Nice do still have a chance of um, European football as well. Obviously, Ren qualified last weekend with their victory over Paris Saint-Germain and with PSG winning the Coupe de France, number six will go into the Europa League hat as well. And they're in the prime position, at least. They're two points above both Bordeaux and Saint-Étienne, although a defeat and a Bordeaux win would see them leapfrog them because they are um, that, that would equal them having superior goal difference. So it is an important game for them. A point might just be enough, but it's not absolutely guaranteed that a win would be the most important for them. And with a number of players possibly on on their way out, even the manager possibly even on his way out because you're thinking uh, Balotelli, who's been linked with Marseille, which sounds like a, an interesting move if that was to pull off. And, and Seri supposedly in talks with Arsenal. Um, it, also with Fa uh, Lucien Favre looking like he might go to Dortmund in the summer as well. Uh, they'll be just as motivated to end this on a high. Well, I mean, yeah, it's interesting the way you sort of lay it out. It, it comes down one of two ways, doesn't it? You know, maybe they're all together to, to see this season off in, in the best possible way, one last victory before they sort of go their separate ways, but but perhaps not. You know, perhaps, you know, we've had a lot of talk about, about Balotelli, about Favre, about Seri. Maybe these players are sort of starting to look elsewhere. I mean, they're not. it's not a club that's in any danger. Um, perhaps the players aren't all that unified anymore. I mean, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, they did well against Kong last week, but... Um, you know, it could, it could be that the distractions are already sort of there for this team and maybe that's an opportunity for Leon, but but maybe, as you say, maybe they'll be 
unified to to push for one last victory together. But it'll be interesting to to sort of see, try to see into their psyches as the game unfolds. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting dynamic, isn't it, on that one? They absolutely hammered um, <laughs> um, Cole last weekend. They were, I think they were really, really good. And and seeing Mario Balotelli go around the whole stadium, high-fiving everyone, saying they were all going for a party, was a really nice touch. I, I think he's mellowed out. And it is an interesting link for him to Marseille as well, because it feels like you think about all the, the strikers that Marseille could possibly go for, and is there anyone better that they have a, a chance of going for than Mario Balotelli? I don't think really you you might struggle to get anyone else out there for that kind of money they might be paying for for Balotelli at least anyway which might not be that as much as they think it is um, but um, the the interesting fall to them on Saturday evening um, Adam will be Leon, who after the seven game streak um, sort of crumbled in the last 10 minutes against Strasbourg to keep them alive at least anyway but at the same time dent their champions league hopes it was a great chance for them to seal it and um, they've allowed monaco to practically um go at uh, well go ahead of them and practically seal it themselves at least it would it would take a monumental effort from marseille and, and, and a monaco result to to happen against trois really to get them ousted out of it so for for leon it's still a very important game because and a tricky one at the same time because if they do lose this one and we've mentioned that we think Marseille will probably uh, win against Damien. It's not something they can just simply throw away and think that they are already there. No, you're absolutely, um, you're absolutely right. And, and given there's only a point between the two sides, you know, Leon haven't been as, as confident at home or as effective at home as perhaps they would hope. They've lost some silly games and dropped some silly points at home this season which perhaps has you know, been the real issue in terms of finishing second, because over the course of the year, you could probably argue, especially with their recent form, all right, they lost Strasbourg last week, but seven previous wins, they've probably been the second-best team in the league this year on, on the whole. Um, obviously, the dip after the PSG defeat is a little bit of a caveat to that, but it, it feels like that they could easily drop points here and a draw with a Marseille win. You know, Marseille at home, Tamion, you know, yeah, home at the Velodrome last year, season need to win, you, you'd fancy them. And Leon draw, Marseille leap for them into third and go straight into the group stage of the Champions League, which, which would be a huge blow for Leon, given how they've how they've had a season has panned out. You know, given that, yeah, you know, as I said, they've they've really kicked on when perhaps they weren't expected to with Tolisso and Lacazette and on and on leaving. Um, it it really feels like finishing fourth would now be a huge disappointment. And although it wouldn't it wouldn't be disastrous. Um, it feels like going into next season that there's a, there's been a lack of progression, and that they, although you know perhaps that they're, they're still a young team and they're still developing, that there's been a real opportunity missed here to go straight into the group stage of the Champions League, which for either Marseille or Lyon, all right, Monaco have been there a few, a few years in a row, but for either of those teams, that would be a big step in in their projects, if you like. Um, it, so. I think it's it's a huge game for Leon and perhaps bigger than in the longer term than perhaps for giving it credit. So it'll be really interesting to see how it pans out with Nice needing a leading result too to get into the Europa League. Um, they could easily be leapfrogged here and, and they really should be, be wary of, of Marseille's challenge. Mm, yeah, and it's going to be an interesting one. Now they both know that it gets you a, a guaranteed spot into the hat for the group stages, which is a massive coup for for Liga, although it was sort of handed to them this evening really more than anything it's it'd be a really interesting one to see them battle it out knowing how important that really is for both money and for the chance to really push on with a 
with a good rested campaign before you head into the, the nitty gritty of the Champions League. But uh, on to our predictions. Uh, Adam, what do you think the score will be in this one? I kind of fancy me to get some sort of result. So I'm going to say one each. Sam? I think the, the point Adam's made about the, the significance of this game to Leon and to Leon's future will be enough to sort of get them over the line. I think they'll win this maybe 3 1. Yeah, I just fancy Leon on this one, unfortunately. I, I think they'll they'll win this one 2 1. I think Nice will put up a really strong fight. They've had a, a, a nice end of the season, and it'd be a shame to see the team sort of split up a little bit, but uh, I think they'll just see them over the line. Um, on to the, the final team, at least in Champions League qualification, but it also ties into the relegation fight that will be happening on Saturday evening, and that's Trois. Um, hosting Monaco and we'll start with the away side um, Sam is, they've had an up and down season but it, and it feels like they're sort of crawling over the line they're almost there a point would absolutely guarantee things but at the same time for competitiveness reasons they don't want to just throw this game for, for Twa to get a point and possibly stay themselves up so they need to get motivated they need to think that at the same time that it's not the craziest thing in the world that Marseille maybe win by 4-0 and that Monaco lose 2-0 and then all of a sudden they're completely out of the Champions League should Lyon also win. So at the same time, this game for Leonardo Jardim and some of these players that might be their final game as well, I'm thinking of a Fabinho and, and possibly a Lamar, um, their chance to make sure that they, they don't end this, what has been a great era really of, of Monaco football over the last sort of year, year and a half, um, doesn't end with a whimper. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it would be a disaster for after the way they've recovered from the mid-season slide um, and the European exit and all of that. It would be a disaster for this Monaco side to not now finish in the Champions League. They know that they've they've proven that they're more than capable of doing that. And even if some of the players, perhaps even the manager, will be moving on. I mean, there's always rumours about basically everyone at Monaco because it is that sort of transitory club. There's so much value in that project in the Champions League. These players, they go and buy these young players that we still haven't seen the best of. Guys like Tielemans, Pietro Pellegri, these sorts of guys. We want to see them in the Champions League. And if they miss out, that's going to be a, that's going to be a real shame for for us as, as sort of fans. Um, and they have to know that you can't just assume that results will go your way. I mean, it's just the way that football works. On the final day, you get strange results. I mean, who would have predicted you get a 5-4 on the final day of the... The Premier League, it's its just the way these things work. You can't just assume that everything will be fine. And if they were to just kind of take this game easily, go for a draw, if at half time the results are going against them, it's very difficult to then reverse gear and, and, and go for it full pelt. I mean, it's much easier just to win the game and let the other results take care of themselves. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's going to be a, one of those moments where they're thinking that... Um, if they allow it to slip through the fingers, it'd be an absolute disaster. But um, at the same time, with them sort of stumbling at the last couple of moments, that gives some kind of hope, Adam Tatois, who still do have a chance of staving off relegation. They can't catch Con. The best they can hope for is a relegation playoff. But if they do um, win here and to lose um, lose in their game against Gangon, which we'll speak about in a moment, they will be at least safe from relegation for now until that playoff, um, whether it be Ajaxio or Le Havre, who beat Brest um, the other evening to head into the semi-final of the playoff. The, those playoffs will be played on the 22nd on the Tuesday and also on the Sunday afterwards after this uh, this weekend of games. So it's an important one for them if they feel like well, it's, it's quite simple do or die isn't it Adam if they, if they don't win this one they're down 
and that should be motivation enough really it should um is there a chance perhaps one or there isn't if they draw because there'll be the goal difference is so much worse than to lose is that they yeah they ha- that they even if to lose lost it's very likely anyway they'd finish 19th and get relegated so yeah they're looking at their relegation playoffs um and as we mentioned previously on the pod you know this season at least has been a, an improvement on their previous league and excursion when they were completely out of the depth financial issues with the NCG perhaps you know, a little bit overbearing there and, and they weren't able to really recruit and, and develop the team that won league uh, quite comfortably uh, when they got promoted. But the, at least this season has been a little bit more competitive and, and they've had some some decent moments. But um, you, you look at their side and it still does feel like a league uh, team. And, you, you, you know, Christopher L has been really, really good this season and won't be there next season. If, you know, he's 25, he's kind of got to the point where one of the top half league and so on will definitely be looking at him as a, as a, as a centre-back to come in. Benjamin Neve is someone they've lent on quite a lot this season, as I mentioned a number of times in the pod. He's been really good, but he's 41. Can't keep doing that. Remy Wouter came in from, from Nice and has been OK, but not necessarily groundbreaking, And although short up their midfield, but, you know, hasn't really, you know, set the world alight, to be honest. And we talked a little about Sam Grancy, who started the season really, really well, but has, has trailed off to some extent. And, as you know, we've been talked about with Link with Monaco, but I don't know necessarily that he's ready for that yet. And they, they, they just look like a team that when you look at their squad, it feels like they're a league to side overachieving a little bit. And they didn't really make too many signings. And I think a lot of credit has to go to Jean-Louis Garcia, the way that he's managed to keep this team competitive and can keep them well within, you know, the fight for, for, for the relegation playoff and, and possible survival. So um, whatever happens on, on Sunday night, on Saturday night, sorry, that I really think that, that they've had a decent enough season. OK, they might get relegated and that's that's terrible for, for any club, but they, they've really, you know, given a good account to themselves and uh, some of their better players have really put themselves in the shop window. So fair play to, to Tuara and, and to Garcia in particular for getting the, arguably getting the best out of this team. Um, in terms of the match itself, you know, home to Monaco, final day of the season, um, they're not necessarily in the best form to our They've won one of what their last almost sort of 12 games, lost a lot of those games. That win against Con was kind of a must win. You know, you look at their form with the the, the, the one nil win against Mets is their only other win since the, the since a one nil win over Lille in January. So that that's relegation form really. So it's very difficult to see how they can overturn that that deficit and beat a team that are looking to secure Champions League football for next season. Although they're pretty much there, given that you know um, the the third place goes to 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 to, uh, to, to the group stages. But uh, they've put themselves in with a shout on the last day and and. That's not a disgrace by 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 their terms at all. So about par for Tois for me this season. If they stay up, it's 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 amazing. If they don't, then at least they've given a good count of themselves. And I, I'd back them to come back next season, to be honest, and at least be in the playoffs from League Two and maybe even automatic promotion. Yeah, I think I think three defeats in 2018, well, three wins, sorry, in 2018 will will do for any team really. Sometimes, especially with the 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 not so great start that they had as well but I think this is also sometimes the symptom of sides that 
if they've had to come through a playoff as well, they they sort of just about snuck past Leon, uh, Lorient and and they've just about um, held their own at times in Ligue 1, but they, they just don't quite look like they've got enough. There might be a few players, like you say, Adam, like that Harrell, Grancia has been linked to big clubs. Um, Leanne scored a few goals, as has Hunyun Suk. He, he, he looks like a half-decent player on his day as well. Maybe he gets another chance in Ligue 1, but um, they do certainly look like a, a Ligue 2 side uh, waiting, which is why I, I think that this should probably be a relatively comfortable win for Monaco. I think they'll win uh, 3-0 and sort of go out with a little bit of a bang as they head into the Champions League. Um, what do you think, Adam? Uh, I, I have to agree. I think maybe Trois get a goal, but 3-1 Monaco. Sam? Yeah, I think I think I would agree with both of you. I think it's going to be a fairly easy win for Monaco. Uh, I'll say 2-0. Yeah, unfortunate for Twa, but uh, we may be able to see them next season if they can bounce back yet again. Um, On to the team they'll be chasing, really, and a team that's then chasing someone else, which is Toulouse against Gengomp. And it's very much do or die for the uh, Violet as well, because if they need to win, if they win and can't lose, then they will um, go above them and stave off com- even the relegation playoff, which would be a massive result for them. It is surprising that they can still just about claw someone in. Um, Sam, they've had a pretty awful season, really, and they've had chance after chance. They were pretty battered at the weekend as well by Bordeaux, really. 4-2 is a little bit flattering, really. It was a, a comfortable 4-0 for a, for a good while until the last couple of... Well, 4-1, sorry, until the last couple of minutes. And it, they didn't really deserve the sort of that goal that sort of made them look a little bit better than they did, but um, credit to Bordeaux for them keeping themselves in the European race. But at the same time, Toulouse will just be happy that they have someone to shoot at. And at the same time, they do play a gang up side that have had some really good results. Well, a, a really mixed bag at the moment, really, in the sense that they've, they've, beaten Monaco, they drew with Paris Saint-Germain, they drew with Marseille in exciting games, but at the same time, they in that run, they've lost to Dijon. They drew with Gang- oh, they drew with uh, Lille a couple of weeks ago as well. Um, so it's a bit of an indifferent... They sort of rise to their competition sometimes. So at the same time, for Toulouse at least, that might be their glimmer of hope that in this one-off game where they know that they need to win to both keep Trois off their back and, and catch Caen, um, that this might be kind of their ideal opponent. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think it pretty much is the ideal opponent. If if you need to win on final day, who better than a team that is already exactly in mid-table, nothing to play for, at home, a team that don't travel very well in Gangkong. It's right there for Toulouse on a platter, but it, but it has been. You know, this is they've had a very reasonable run of fixtures. I mean, the, the Lille game, Ren, Kong, the, these are games... You know that a desperate team should have found a win in there somewhere. The fact they've won one of their their last what twelve games. I mean, this is this is this has been an awful season for Toulouse. If they do manage to survive somehow, it's gonna it's gonna be almost almost a miracle, borderline miracle, because it's just been terrible from from day one. I mean, it's it's been rough. I mean, you know, as a as a, something of a Toulouse fan uh, myself. Um, it's just made it very difficult to watch them because they've they've lost any of the sort of identity and the spark and the qualities that made them you know at least decent to watch if not particularly attractive. Um, and that Bordeaux game was was particularly rough, and I don't see them turning it around this weekend. Yeah, and another one who's, who usually enjoys watching Toulouse really is Adam, but the, I suppose it's probably been the opposite this season really. But they do face a gang up side that have been uh, interesting in the last couple of weeks. It was great to see Grenier 
still back in form, score a double at the weekend over Marseille, and they probably should have really won that game. But at the same time, like I mentioned in the sort of role to Sam, that they are the team that sort of play down to opponents and play up to, to, to strong teams that they come up against, which means that it leaves still again for, this, for maybe the fifth, sixth, seventh time this season, leaves the door open for Leviole to, to get something. Yeah, I think it does. Um, there's, there's, there's a little glimmer of hope, but I think De Bev has, has proved himself to be not of the calibre of, of what is required for a league and coach. And although Gangon are finally out of the Europa League race, you know, they can't really finish anywhere higher than 10th and they won't finish anywhere lower than 12th, really. So there's not much of them to play for. So much like Lille, who kind of stumbled across a, a, a trio of winnable games um, that, that looks like it's kept them up without really improving all that much. Toulouse have got a similar situation, you know, with with Khan playing PSG and, and themselves playing playing a mid-table side who have nothing really to play for, although they've been pretty good recently. Um, it, it may just work out for them and Khan might get sucked in. But I think of the two teams, you know, I think Toulouse deserve to be in the bottom three. As, as you said, I like watching them play. I, I was a big fan of Dupraz in particular. But they, they've really had a, uh, by what was expected of them looking at their squad, they've had a terrible year. And, and if they finish third bottom, they deserve to finish third bottom. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And th- they won't be very thankful that there's not too much of a rest for themselves. The the team that they play will, will play on Friday night, so they get an extra day's rest ahead of the, the first leg, at least anyway, of any relegation playoff that does come a cropper. And facing anyone like, uh, for example, if it is Leave who, who would have won the last two games, it, it's a real positive for them. They've got momentum um, going into a game where Toulouse have sort of scrambled into the, to the bottom table, bottom part, or if it is someone like Cole or, or Twyde, it, it's not exactly the, the kind of form. I suppose if it's Twyde, it's a bit more of a positive for them that they would have won their last game and it might give them a little bit of momentum. But that's the kind of thing with these relegation playoffs. They can be a little bit trickier than league and teams maybe first thought of when they thought, oh, a, a playoff keeps us in a little bit more of a safety net if we need it. But uh, we'll wait and see on that one. But let's get some predictions on this one. And I'll start with you this time, Sam. Um, what do you think? Uh, I think Toulouse are not going to get the win that they need. I think this is probably going to finish something like a 1-1 draw. Adam? I think Toulouse might win 1-0, but I have a feeling that Con might get something from PSG, despite losing 6-0 in the opposite, the same fixture last season. Um, so 1-0 Toulouse, but still to finish third bottom. I'm going to go for a very similar scoreline to when last time when Toulouse had to sort of make a, a great escape before the playoffs happened. And that's a, a th- I can remember when they were they were down against uh, Angers and it ended up sending, uh, when they did turn it around, send Rance down. But um, a 3-2 win for Toulouse in one of those games that sort of goes topsy-turvy again with Gangon being such a prolific side at the moment and a great counter-attacking side as well. I think with Toulouse pushing there, that will kind of happen, but maybe Toulouse just have enough to, to see themselves over the line. On to our final game that we're looking at this evening and the final side that might be involved in the relegation battle. Although they're safe from automatic relegation at least, uh, but they can fall into that playoff and we've mentioned them already really it's, it is common they're having to post um probably the hardest game of anyone although they do look like they're already on the beach and players probably likely be rested already um given that the world cup is closely coming across around the corner in paris saint germain um let's talk about the away side first sam and they'll 
probably want to keep it a little bit professional, um, really, given that Colm can still be relegatable in the relegation playoff and be fair to, to other teams. But at the same time, um, in the last couple of weeks, they kind of have been on the beach, really. There, there's been results that have kind of come out of left field, like the the Amiens result, although fair play to Amiens, um, playing well enough to, to get the... Uh, the draw that they did last weekend, but they've just slowly crept over the line. Really, since they've assured the title, they've they obviously had that loss to Ren last week. The draw to Amiens, the draw to Gangom. They've sort of been in cruise control really ever since then. Um, is that maybe a motivation for Connor as well? That maybe Paris Saint Germain might still have the handbrake on when they face them. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're ever going to play PSG, you know, now's a good time to play them. When, as you say, they they seem to very much be on the beach. They've They've won all the trophies that they could win, except for the Champions League, obviously. Um, they're not playing for anything. They're not playing, you know, even in front of their own uh, their own fans. This is an away game on the last day of the season when all of the players' minds will be elsewhere. Um, saying that, though, you've got to imagine professional pride does kick in at a certain point. PSG won't want to lose consecutive games. I mean, they haven't done that uh, since, I don't know when, but a very long time. Um even PSG at half strength against this con side in the form that they're in, um, it's difficult to see anything but an away win. But, you know, con are desperate and, and perhaps they can pull off something special. And sometimes they have been kind of the specialists of pulling off something special, Adam, really. But we felt a while ago when they got that 2-0 win against Strasbourg that that might be really con just about seeing themselves over the line. And, and it would very much be teams that... Um, below them struggling that they would see them over the line in the essence. But they've been absolutely awful since that result, really. They lost to Lyon, lost to Angers, lost to Montpellier, lost to Amiens, um, drew with Mets, drew with Toulouse with two teams that are below them, lost to Troyes, lost to Monaco, lost to Nice at the weekend. It's been a awful, awful end to the season, really. Patrice Caron will probably be looking for the door and going, that's my um, fill of this one. But they certainly have the talent, really, out of those three the three sides down there still vying for for trying to to get out of it probably the most talented side when you think of De Silva and, and Jiku and, and Bengue and, and Vakut just in the defence really look up front they've got Enzo Crivelli and Ivan Santini Santini scored 11 goals still this season Ronnie Rodland's got a lot of talent when he when he can play that way but at the same time they've just fallen into the trap and have slowly but surely sank into what now they need a point against the champions, which is not the kind of result you want to try and get on the final day of a season. No, you're you're absolutely right. Um, it's a similar situation to last year, isn't it, where they they were they were sort of struggling towards the end of the season and, and still out with a result on the final day. But you're absolutely right. Their form has been has been in so terrible. You look at that def- that last win they had was was back in March, the fourth of March against Strasbourg. They won two 0 and just looking at the table at that point. Uh, after that win, they were 12th and they were level on points with Gango, uh, only a point back from Bordeaux and Dijon in the top half, above Saint-Étienne at that point, um, and above Angers, above Amiens, who are now above them as well. And since then, their form has completely deteriorated. And as you said, you, you mentioned a lot of the games they've lost. They've only, in the, what, nine games since then, they've only drawn twice and they've lost the other seven. So it really shows that this this team is, is one that is not only um, in trouble of relegation, but on the slide and it it's it's a real worry for them because you're right they are a talented team they've got some they've got some decent players you know Ronnie Rodland in particular is is a player that perhaps even shouldn't really be there he should probably be a slightly higher level club I, I I'm 
a big fan of his. I think he can, you know, he's got a lot of attributes. He can, he's quick and he's strong and he can affect the game and he, he's, he's, he's capable of, of being creative as well. Um, and he's not necessarily been at his best form in the second half of the season, which probably, you know, attests to their, their form a little bit. But he's the type of player that is a strong league and player. And, you know, Ivan Santini is another good example of a player that was brilliant to start with. Perhaps, you know, last season was good and has really trailed off this season. In the last, when they've, you know, the last sort of three or four months, he's he's been virtually anonymous. And, you know, Enzo Cavelli's come in and, and although I like Enzo Cavelli, he doesn't really score any goals. He sort of holds the ball up nicely and looks physical and occasionally, you know, gets a, gets the odd strike, but isn't by no means prolific in the classic league and sense. And they, although it's sort of the case throughout the team and they're a, they're a team of potential, but not a team of form or of being able to sort of realise that potential. So it sort of conspired to see them slip towards the relegation zone. And if they were to finish third bottom, I, I honestly don't think they necessarily deserve to, given that, you know, they're definitely a lot better than Mets and Trois. And given how to lose the season has gone, you'd have to say that they're a superior side to lose. But they've they've managed to play themselves into a position where third bottom is 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 relatively likely, given that they're playing PSG and that Toulouse have got a winnable game at home to Gangon and they, they could easily slip out of the division, which given their performance over the last sort of three years, although they've been in relegation over the last two seasons, given the amount of sides that have performed really quite poorly and stayed up. I'd, I'd, I think Con would have, you know, underachieved to some extent given the players that they've got. So it's it's a real worry for them. And and Patrice Goron, you're actually right. Well, will be um will be pulling his hair out to some extent given the players that he's got and the, the form that they have shown. You look back to the sort of the first half of the season, and they, you know, they from 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 the opening, you know, they 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 took till November to draw, and they sort of alternating between winning and losing and. Well, you know, it seemed like at, the, at that point they'd be a relatively decent mid-table side, but as we've mentioned, they've sort of fell away. So, I think biggest game for Con since this time last year, really, given that that's, that's even played out in a similar way. But they, I don't think they deserve to get relegated, and it would be an absolute disaster if they did. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Especially the last couple of seasons where they, the first season they were in Liga, they had that real resurgence in the second half of the season. It's quite surprising that um, a few seasons later they sort of have sank instead. In it. And they, I won't want to worry anyone who, who is a Calm fan listening, but um, the last two times I did watch them um, was against Strasbourg and against Nantes back in February, and they won both of those games. I won't be watching on Saturday. So, unfortunately, if that's any superstitious to any of those Calm fans listening, uh, I do apologise if they do end up in the relegation playoff now. But let's get some predictions. Sam, what do you think in this one? I think PSG are going to win this fairly comfortably. I think something like 3 0, maybe 3 1. But I think the results elsewhere will mean it won't matter. Adam? Um, I, I, poor. It's gonna. It's it's very difficult to to predict this one, given that PSG's defeat at home to Rennes last time out. Ah, uh, I, I think it might end up being one each, uh, close game. But PSG may nick it. But for some reason, I just feel like Connor going to get something. I think PSG are far far too much on the beach to 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 care too much about this one. Sticking your neck out on the final day game of the season, at least. Anyway, I, I'm going to go for the the much more conventional answer, which is a four nil PSG. I, I think Con have been awful recently, and I, I I really think even a half strength Paris Saint Germain side that's still relaxing will will really probably give them a hiding, even if Con are, are desperate to try and get something out of it. Maybe that um, 
leaves too many gaps for a side like Paris Saint-Germain who can really tear you apart even at, at half strength if they if they're allowed to. Um, that's all for this weekend for this season. Actually, my thanks to Adam and Sam and all of you listening at home. That does it for the preview show this week. But we do have two more um, regular season shows. We have our obviously following on from the weekend on Monday and we'll have our end of season review the following Monday so do tune in for both of those and do join us for obviously the main show on Monday but for now and for the rest of the season enjoy your final weekend of football